I feel like we've kind of done this question before. Yeah, we've done it before almost, I'd say. So what we're going to talk about this week is when you should apply for a coding job. And what we've talked about in the past, uh, specifically, I think in episode eight, is when should you quit your job, which is a similar but subtly different question. I think your advice was uh, make sure you've applied to a job before you quit. So maybe we're doing the episodes in the wrong order. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. I, I think you definitely did things not the, not necessarily the way I would recommend. But it seems to have worked out for you. So who are we to who are we to judge? Or who am I yep. to judge? Um, Abnormal is the new normal. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that what people say? No, nope, I, I, I just made that up. Okay, excellent. Making our own T-shirt slogans now. Brilliant. <laughs> Yes, I think um, I definitely didn't do things the uh, the suggested path, but so often with these things, I think um, there is no uh, right path for doing things. You've kind of, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but you kind of just got to do it when when you can. Yeah, I think you're right, and everyone's scenarios are different. And I, yeah, definitely coming to coding as like whatever path you take is probably going to be at least in some regards unique to you and your personal circumstances. I don't know anyone who like apart from the kind of go to uni, get a junior job, work your way up the ladder kind of people, everyone who's come to it outside of that path, is all, they're all subtly different. So you can't, it's hard to say like specific recommendations. I think what I want to get with this question this week though is that previously we've talked about sort of timing and like, like the things around quitting a job and what that lines up for. But when I talk about when you should apply for a coding job it's at what point are you ready almost yeah a lot of people talk about they don't feel ready for ages and they probably are ready a lot of the time um so i guess that's one of the things we'll be talking about and i think this as well relates a lot to people changing career as opposed to like you say going through university i think that it's more of a career change thing isn't it thinking of when do i feel ready to actually apply to this new career yeah because i think if you go through university and you study you get to the end of your course, and if the university have done their job properly, you should be prepared to face the real world. And that is the point at which it is expected that you apply to get a job. And that happens in all disciplines, not just coding. Um, but if you're not following that path, if you're learning in your spare time, there isn't a specific end date. There isn't like a point at which you graduate. You don't graduate from just teaching yourself to do something. I, I, I kind of graduated from London. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, you were you were lucky that you had a, a kind of a, an a, a externally imposed deadline of like big life events and moving and changing way, changing the part of the country you were going to be in. But a lot of times, I don't think that necessarily is going to correlate for people. I don't think people are going to be necessarily having massive life changes at the same time that they're applying for code. I think there's going to be quite a lot of people who are just, they want to do something different. They're not enjoying their work where they are, or maybe they are, but they think they'll enjoy coding more. And they're learning to code. They really love it. And they want to get a job doing it. Um, but yeah, there isn't that, there's no external, no one is going to come in and give you a diploma and say, you are ready. Go and apply to jobs. They will hire you because you are ready. Yeah. It's just not going to, it doesn't happen. And so it's a completely an internal process as to deciding when you think you should apply. And I think it's important to discuss because a lot of the advice is, oh, yeah, just go for it. You're never, you're never, not, you're never not ready. Just dive in. The sooner you get doing it, the better. But I think there is a balance because you can do it too early. I think there's a level at which you don't, you're not going to know enough because the competition is so high at the moment. 
um, particularly ju- junior jobs are the hardest kind of jobs to get. And if you're literally, if you literally know nothing, it's very unlikely you're going to get that kind of job. Honestly speaking, I mean, you could be enthusiastic and personable. You maybe you've got skills, external skills that you can bring. But I don't think if you know nothing, you're not ready. I would say. So I, I guess that the hard thing there is not actually knowing if you're at that point. I guess there is a obviously you know if you know nothing hopefully um but you're going to have there's going to be a, there's going to be somewhere on the graph between not knowing anything and knowing everything in the universe where uh, you're going to be able to start applying <laughs> but I guess that the being a judge of or feeling like you know where you should be on that I, that's probably something that can never happen in terms of like being 100% sure that you know what you need to know to do a certain thing it's going to be more of a thing of kind of well you probably have to just start applying and then you will find out from feedback from whether you get jobs or not, whether you know enough. And if you apply to a job, you don't get it. And hopefully you get some feedback. Um, then you can, and you can ask them, you say, well, what, what is it about me, about my knowledge that you was not good enough? And then you can take that away and you can go, yeah, okay. I'm now going to learn this, this, and this, which is what I've taken from doing this interview. Well, see, that's a really good point. I'd like to come back to that in a minute. I feel like we're skirting around the edges of quite, it's almost like we're approaching this like it's a a coding problem. So we're kind of examining the bits that are going to cause problems. So I'm going to add two more edge cases, or not edge cases, but two more more scenarios that are going to mess up someone deciding that they're ready. Um, The first is, I think, Dunning-Kruger effect. (laughs) No one thinks they're as ready as someone who's applied for a junior developer job. They are the most confident people I've ever met, generally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they think they know everything sometimes <laughs> well it's the unknown unknowns isn't it yeah exactly um so you need to yeah i think your idea of getting getting feedback from people is um very very useful because it's like defining your problem space almost making sure you you know what it is that you don't know which is very hard to determine when you're first starting out and which so that's my other um spanner in the works is that you're not always you're not often going to get honest feedback from people you're not going to get useful information from people who've rejected you sometimes you you're lucky if you actually get a rejection letter when you're first starting out Mm. I guess what some people might do is look at job adverts and look like look down the list of things that are on a job advert and say, I think we've talked about this before, but look at like a list of 10 bullet points. I need to know Jira. I need to know Git. I need to know Python and JavaScript and SQL databases. Um, I guess that is kind of, that is something I did when I started learning. I kind of looked at kind of, uh, I didn't look just at one. I looked at maybe five or six different job adverts and kind of, didn't look at every single point but was looking at the things that would come up quite often for the sort of job i want so maybe that is a good place to look but don't necessarily think you need to know every single thing to be able to apply there yeah i think we've covered that in the lightning episode before haven't we like how much of a job advert do you need to match before you apply yeah i think i think now we're getting towards the meat of what the question is which it comes into your suggestion of apply and get real feedback and get real world information from people that you're applied to because that pace of like in, the information density that you acquire from doing that kind of going through that kind of process is much much higher than if you were just sitting on your own learning and then that ties into the fact that you should really be aiming to get a job as soon as you can and this is something that I think a lot of 
juniors and self-taught people don't necessarily realize at first, but that the pace of learning is so much higher when you're actually doing it for a living. Um, and then uh, what I would say is that when, until you get a coding job, you're effectively coding in slow motion. You might feel like you might feel like you're learning an awful lot, learning loads and loads and loads and loads. But then, when you actually get into a real world environment and you've got to do it, like your job is on the line. There are projects happening. There are clients to keep happy. There are bosses to keep happy. There are you know, project managers to keep happy. You learn so much more and so much faster in that kind of environment, particularly if you're working with other devs. It's also a different type of work once you, when, like you say, when you go into the, when you finally get a job and you're working there, it's it's not the sort of stuff that you sit in your room at home and do on your computer with your little pet projects and working on things for your port, portfolio. There's a lot of extra extraneous things that happen there. Um, but I mean, it's it kind of obvious, isn't it? <laughs> if you're going to be, you get a coding job and you're going to be coding 40 hours at least a uh, or not maybe coding but you're in that environment dealing with code for 40 hours a week every week it's you, you you're gonna uh, upgrade your skills a lot quicker than if you're sat at home for two hours in the evening like i was being tired out from your day's work like that it makes sense but i think that that is really important you've got to get in there and if you don't get in there then you're, you're like you say you're slowing yourself down yeah it, what you see often is um, I've been I've definitely been guilty of this in all sorts of like parts of my life, even outside of coding. Like previously, like my career aspirations, when I wanted to be a musician, when I wanted to be an artist, all of these things. I am an expert at coming up with excuses not to do something, and I think a lot of people suffer from the same affliction. <laughs> I think every I think everybody, to be honest, suffers from it. Maybe there's like one percent of people that don't, but I did. I I should have. I think I should have applied to jobs sooner. I should have applied to some jobs in London, but I didn't because I was scared. I came up with excuses, like you say, and I think that happens. And, and we've we've discussed that on the podcast. You've had very, your excuses have been very good, very thorough, and very very reasoned. <laughs> There's a lot of logic yeah. behind them, and they're hard to argue against. But at the same, they're still excuses. <laughs> yeah, you put that against things will move much faster. You will get much better once you've got the job or a job, and it doesn't even have to be the right job. Don't wait for the right job. Just get a job. You might, you, there's an argument to be said that you learn more from working somewhere terrible than you do from working somewhere somewhere great. I think that's an exaggeration. It's not really true, but you do learn a lot from seeing how seeing people do things the wrong way. Um, and you you still whichever scenario you go, if you're doing work, you're learning it much faster than if you're just studying on your own at home. Yeah, that's de that's definitely a, a great point. It's all well and good. I think it's all well and good as saying apply as soon as you can, but I mean, I did. You told me that advice, and I didn't take it. I think it's a very, very hard thing to do. Just thinking, going against all your instincts, against everything that your brain is telling you, and just ignoring it and just applying. I think that's a that's a really big leap to take, and maybe it just takes like five minutes of courage to just go on to a website and apply or send off your resume maybe just spend your time make it just make a cv see what you've got on the cv doesn't matter how full it is at the moment just write something have a look at it then you've got it there and then you can just think in a in a moment of madness you can just <laughs> go on to a uh, recruiter website or something or you see a company that's hiring you just throw it at them and and yeah and then it's done and you can deal with the consequences of that later but you've kind of you've taken that step to to do the really hard thing that's completely right. Yeah. And I think 
dealing with the consequences can feel like, like because it's so abstract people get really worried about it but remind yourself the consequences are very very slim if you embarrass yourself with a company you may not be able to get a job with them later when you genuinely are what they're looking for if they've seen you before and you were too early that's like maybe the worst case scenario i think most companies aren't like that either a lot of places if you apply and you're not quite you don't quite have the skills they're looking for i mean hiring people is hard good people are hard to find if they think yeah it's, it's unlikely that they're, you're going to get written off completely some people yeah and probably if it's the sort of company that, that would write you off like that forever then they're probably not the other most fantastic company to work for let's say that's absolutely true you'll, you'll have dodged <laughs> you'll have dodged a bullet and your selection process will be better as a result yeah. yeah but i think it's always if you apply somewhere and you get you have to deal with rejection it's always going to feel personal but you just got to remember that it's not <laughs> yeah it's horrible i have this at work i don't like releasing things i've discovered <laughs> i would rather tinker and work it's like it comes back to my yearly theme of the, the year of shipping is my way of trying to get around this problem is that yeah I don't want to put something out until it's perfect and I've never made anything yet that's perfect in my entire life. So every time you have to put something out there, it be it a piece of work that you've been putting together, be it yourself <laughs> in the form of a CV and an application. Yeah, it's there's a, an emotional link. There's a mental block there. Certainly I have it and I think, I hope for my sake that other people have it as well. <laughs> I think, yes, I think that's probably quite common. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it would be useful if we outlined a few baselines? Like if there were, if there was some, just in the abstract, would you find it, would you have found it helpful if there was an objective list somewhere of things like, for this kind of job, if you know X, Y, Z, just go for it. Like, re I'm talking really, like, primal stuff, like the baseline, absolute basics that you need before... You should just go gung ho and apply for jobs that you're probably not going to get because you're not qualified, but go for it anyway. Like because I've said at the start of this, there is the scenario in which you don't know enough, so you're not even going to get in the door. But that yeah, that's demonstrably true, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's, there's no there's no denying that. Like if you don't know anything about coding, you're not going to get a job, no matter if you apply to every single company in the world. But all the all the advice, including our advice, is apply before apply before you think you're ready. Just the sooner you get applying, the better. Mm. I think a lot of people judge it by length of time that you've been kind of learning for, which is, again, abstract and not great. Mm. But I've, I've heard people say, oh, you need to have been learning for six months. I've heard I, some people say, oh, you've been doing it a month and you'll be fine, which I don't think is true. Um, but I think depending on how committed you are and how much work you've been putting in it's definitely possible to go from nothing to six months time and then be able to apply but only if you've like spent many hours actually working and i think you could probably break it down there is the uh, uh is it the ericsson study with about the ten thousand hours of deliberate practice to make sure to become a master at something mm. there's probably one there somewhere for how many hours do you need to be to be like a low junior yeah <laughs> or something yeah and I would think, it, I mean, plucking numbers out of the air, there's no no science in this at all, but I think instinctively it feels like maybe 100 hours is like a more accurate... <laughs> <laughs> you need so... Just so random, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely random, but that comes from the sense that it's like learning to drive. Some people learn to drive really quickly. I've got a friend who learned to drive in two weeks in an intensive course, passed his test, job done. Took me better part of a year. 
okay yeah true um when you said intensive course then i started thinking of boot camps and i think doing a boot camp for a few weeks and then thinking you can get a job is probably not correct but i think there are people out there that go against that so that's why i th- so i think you probably can if you are intensively studying for a month like nine hours a day every day or something you probably can after that get a job but i think a lot of a lot of the knowledge comes and a lot of my knowledge came from kind of assimilating with the uh, with the career that i was going to be applying to it sounds a bit weird sounds a bit like i've turning into the borg but i i um i listened to loads of podcasts i got to know kind of some of the names in the community i got to understand more about the kind of the shifts in developer culture i think it's hard to get that stuff in a really short period of time i think you can't like knowing that react is not been there forever (laughs) is probably something that you wouldn't pick up in a month it's like you spend a bit of time you talk to people i think I think a month's too short, but I would say, yeah, I don't, I don't know about your hundred hours thing. There probably is a number there, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say any time after six months, if you've been doing a couple of hours a day, then you probably you've probably got enough knowledge, hopefully, to be able to uh, to be able to start applying. But sorry, so going back to what you said originally, when you started talking about a really primal list of things that you need to know, I was going to say, well, there are things out there. There's the um, there's the they have uh, what's the flow chart that shows you kind of the back end career path tech stack and the front there's one for the front end as well and i looked at those and it kind of overwhelmed me there's so much on there and there's probably loads on there now that i don't know they're daunting aren't they they are over it's re- overwhelming overwhelming is the right word for that yeah but that that was given as something that you need to know to be able to get a good job in the tech world which is obviously not the case because I I don't know a lot of the stuff on there and I've got I've got myself a job so my experience is that just ignore those things I would say look at them mm. look at the first couple of stages but don't think you need to know everything on the list because I think a lot of people will probably go in write down everything on that list think right I'm going to start here I'm going to work through it that's not the thing that's going to get you where you need to be and we've we've talked about the baseline for front end developers as well and that was something I I had that exact same experience that exact experience i had read that list um which go back and look at our archive to find that one but if you look at the i think it's rebecca murphy wrote the list the baseline for front-end developers list i read that and was think i thought i was nowhere i had i knew hardly anything on that list and it terrified me this is what was it 2012 that that came out and there was so much stuff on there and it was so complicated and i thought how can anyone possibly know all of this stuff many years on all of it is not trivial and it's almost like if i was to come up with a list of things like what do i want a junior hire to hire that's hired to our company to know all of that stuff would probably be on it but that list is maybe not the right kind of thing for this scenario that's like a that's a hiring person's it's a hiring manager in a company's wish list yeah, a lot of these things become very personal to the company. There are d- different companies work with different technologies and need a different set of skills. But there's going to always going to be like a baseline of things that you need for the job that you're applying to. So if you're, well, you you might be better at doing this, but there's probably like very fundamental things of becoming a front end web developer that you need. I guess like C- HTML, CSS, JavaScript. If you know. If you can write things in those languages, you know, like the basic tags, you know 
what a you know what a map filter and reduces like there's probably that's going to be the the tricky bit knowing how much of each of those languages that you've actually picked up and that you know that's a good point and it, it the trouble is all of everything you've just mentioned there as the little snippets like know a little bit of html css and javascript is a pool of unknown possibilities to someone new and I've been doing JavaScript for many, many years, and I do not know all of it, and I am not, I have not completely mastered it. Um, but I would probably say you should know JavaScript before you get a job doing front end. Um, uh, but then, if you're listening to that, you go, "Well, what does knowing JavaScript mean?" Exactly. <laughs> yeah, mean, I think <laughs> I don't think anyone knows the whole of JavaScript today. No. <laughs> and then you look at things like HTML and CSS, and there's so much. Like there are, they're deep topics. Like CSS, for instance, there's a difference between knowing like the basic like what a what a selector is like um and then getting into the weeds of the mechanics of specificity and then or maybe oh and let's add in keyframes and let's add in transitions and let's add in browser prefixes and the level of complexity builds quickly even for what is objectively a reasonably simple language to be there are people who have studied to be masters at that and have done their 10,000 hours just in CSS and who are really good at CSS and have a job doing that you're not going to get that kind of job as a junior you but you do need to know css and but what does no css mean maybe a better way of going about this is not necessarily that you know certain things because there's no point i'm sure there's very simple things you need to know about each of the languages that you can't get by without but a better judge might be things that you've made so how can you make a simple website using html css and some javascript tricks here and there to do certain things that might be a better uh, kind of judge of whether you can do it. Do you feel confident that if I said I want a website that looks a fairly simple website with like some boxes, a header, maybe a couple of pictures on it and like a little menu that drops down. If you feel like that's the sort of thing you could do, that's probably enough knowledge to get you into applying to jobs and looking like you know what you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think maybe stress the like make a website as a complete package as well. It's not just get a HTML file and load that in a browser and have it work. Also, like, deploy that somewhere. Make that work, make that accessible on the internet in the way that every other website in the world is accessible. Uh, because it's the little edge cases of like, oh, what is a server? How do servers work? How do I get a file up onto the, need a URL? How do I, how do I get hold of a URL? And then that opens the world, the doors to DNS. So you may only know a tiny, tiny amount of things because it's in the shape of a project, you learn it in context and you have a, a better foundation. Yeah, definitely true. And it's that problem solving then comes in there. If you're the sort of person that can deal with DNS and deal with getting a web server and getting your website onto the internet, that shows that you're at least in, you've got the right sort of mind or technical prowess to be able to do that. Someone that just knows a few HTML and could make a simple website, but without all that added, being able to put it somewhere is maybe very good at HTML, CSS, but may not be have the right level of skills to be able to jump into a web job and start working with other people with files that they've not used. But at least if you've kind of gone into the, in, you've gone really deep on one project, then you're going to know like a slice of knowledge that is going to come in useful. Yeah, sometimes it can be enough just to say, oh, I did that once, I followed some tutorials. It was, it was horrible, but I did it. And I kind of, I know that that's a thing that needs to be done. That is almost in itself enough when you're, but if you're applying for the right kind of junior position where you're going to have mentoring, you're going to be guided and you're at the very start of your career, just like that little bit of like 
I have bought a domain and I, I have messed up DNS once and then tried to fix it. And it took me all afternoon and it was horrible, but I have that experience. I've like, I have a little taste of that. That puts you ahead of a lot of candidates, even just having done that. And especially if you're speaking, if maybe if you've got to the interview stage and you're talking about these things with the interviewer, that number one gives you something else to talk about in your interview that's not just with them asking you questions. And number two, I imagine most people at some point in their life have had that problem. I mean, when I started my first server, I think I wiped the whole thing about three times before I actually got anything to work. So no, it's definitely a rite of passage. <laughs> and that circles back to your idea of like learning through osmosis over a period of time if you've got the if you even if it's just scars you've got from six months six months of getting things wrong that's almost more valuable that's definitely more valuable than having followed tutorials because the problem with i have with tutorials sometimes is that they always it seems to me they always just follow the happy path like it's you do this you do this you do this and then it works whereas that's not necessarily teaching you useful skills. You've learned how to do that one specific thing that the tutorial's covering. But if at every step where the tutorial says, first, do this, and then you do that, and it doesn't work, and you get a mysterious error message, and there's some kind of dependency that's wrong, something about your platform, you've got to then debug that. You've got to fight to get to the next stage. You get to the next stage, it might have taken you longer. You might have had a more unpleasant time of it. <laughs> you might want to throw your computer through a window, but you know more than someone who just did the happy path. Click, click, click. Oh, it all worked. Hurrah. Yeah. And that, that, those uh, stressful moments will definitely be part of your job and your working day. <laughs> so, uh... yeah, if I'm, if I'm hiring and someone like rolls their eyes and is obviously respectful of the hard things that are really hard, <laughs> then... That is that is a good sign. I don't. I think that's that will that will serve you well in an interview scenario. Quick tip though, I would I would not roll your eyes too much in an interview. <laughs> Might come across wrong. Uh, yeah, of course. But then, <laughs> if, if the interviewer like for us, one of the things we say is so time zones, eh? And if if they go if they if they quake in fear, <laughs> shake in their boots, then we think ah, they have the suitable level of respect to come and work here. <laughs> 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 I, that's that's not hard and fast. <laughs> that's not. That's not a genuine criteria, but it's the you get the sense that no, this is someone who's who has a bit of I don't know. It's hard to say has a bit of experience because we're often talking about junior jobs, and a junior person is probably not going to have had much exposure to the quirks of of time zones. But if you've got no experience of doing those sorts of things, then it kind of shows maybe you don't care enough <laughs> to be like you're not the sort of person who's interested in getting into the details, who's interested in making things work in that sort of way. I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but in, in my book, that would seem like someone who maybe doesn't have to do this specific thing, but has maybe gone deep on at least one thing <laughs> that they can talk about. If they've not done any of that and they've just they've gone through some tutorials and have never come across any problems themselves, mm. then that's that's going to probably set a few alarm bells off. There's scales of it. I wouldn't expect a junior to come in and to know all the quirks of internationalizing an application and having to do like translations for an enterprise scale thing. I, I wouldn't. Those are hard things that people often complain about or have like tough experiences with, I wouldn't expect a junior to know that. That does come with experience. But there's a level of which like, oh, I probably would expect a junior, if they're coming for a, particularly a front-end focused web role, to have had a bit of trouble with CSS specificity in the past. And maybe, yeah, maybe have some war stories about fighting with like a float layout or a Flexbox or CSS grid or something. One of the, one of the, the little things that comes up early on that can be tricky um, to have to have experienced that is 
is to be expected. Hmm. And obviously we're talking about a lot of our conversation at the moment is about front end things, but this can apply to, I guess, whatever kind of sector of tech that you're going into, whether it's backend or DevOps or whatever, if that's what you're interested in, mm. then there are probably similar things that happen in those spheres of knowledge. And I think your recommendation to have like m- build your learning around projects is really valuable there because you're going to make a project that involves what you're interested in and the discipline that you're in. So it might be a completely back-end thing that I'm completely oblivious to, but by making a project and having... Seeing even a tiny thing from start to finish in whatever your discipline is, is important. Yeah, I totally agree. Just build projects. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as well as all these kind of domain specific things, there are like vague things, vague, I should, maybe that's the wrong word, but there are important technologies around around tech as a whole that are really useful to know such as things like we talked about was it last episode two weeks ago maybe um when we talked about version control do you get it um like knowing things like you're hammering that joke aren't you you are really going big on like oh you've just someone somewhere is gonna someone somewhere is gonna laugh tom and then i'll be laughing if anyone has laughed please write in if only to end this sorry affair (laughs) i don't i don't think there is i don't think there's anyone that thought that was funny the first time or the second time. Hmm. I think don't jokes get funnier the more you say them. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a scale, isn't there? <laughs> um. Anyway, so knowing about Git and knowing about I, I don't know what else really, but have you got any ideas of what might be not like a language specific thing, but an element of your job that can maybe going coping with going to meetings. <laughs> <laughs> making sure like, you got a make sure you got a dark background. Yeah, that's just a life 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 lessons. Yeah, yeah. Read that ten x developer tweet and thread, and you'll be fine. Um, no, I. It comes back to you again. I mean, you articulated something that I think is really really valuable, and that is the that I've been edging around for ages and haven't been able to put into words. But it is that sense of exposure immerse yourself in the world that you want to be part of and that's how like as a front-end developer that's how you find out about the little things like oh grid css grid is this new thing that everyone's talking about and you learn about things that way i imagine it's i don't imagine i know for sure it's the same for like if you want to be a devops person or you want to be a data scientist or you want to be a back-end developer i think if you start like bring yourself into communities that are doing those Things. It doesn't have to be even a network thing. It's just networking. It's just like go and lurk on Reddit or buy a magazine and read it in the old-fashioned way. To read blogs, and that's and we've talked about this many times. But that's the sort of thing that's exposing you to new words as well. <laughs> like what does what does serverless mean? Or just like not even knowing the full depth of it, but mm. having that vocabulary to and that's going to help in an interview. That's going to help in a job. Just having a vocabulary around the industry itself. Yeah, and there's the difference between being aware of something and knowing how to do it. And the awareness is more important, particularly at the early stages. And you get you get that, like you said, through osmosis. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yep. And is also a way of making you feel more confident about things. It, well, it helps me make feel more confident about things, just understanding what people were saying. Um, even if I didn't know fully in depth what they were talking about, just like having some grasp of the, on the conversation without having to ask a question every five seconds instead of every minute. Yeah, 
and and even if it's different teams that like you, you hear the back end team if you're a front ender as i am you hear the back end team talking about things like to be able to at least have an awareness of what what they're what the space they're operating in is and what the words they're band you don't need to know the specifics but the band the words they're banding around to go oh yeah they are talking about infrastructure things or that is oh they're sharding a database and that's a, an interesting thing as well there's there are levels of familiarity that is useful to have easy then isn't it it's just easy to get a job <laughs> just, just a hundred hours that's nothing yeah that's all it takes is four days a really a really good memory and a long long time and you'll be fine yeah <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if maybe we should do another follow-up episode on what you do when you just don't have the time. <laughs> so that's time management part three, Tom. We've done to, we've done to go and listen to the time management episodes. <laughs> yeah, we have covered that a couple of times. Yeah, you've always got time. It just depends what your priorities are. Hmm. Yeah, and it must be tough for people whose priorities genuinely and legitimately are, are different. Like someone who really wants to become a coder, but is. I don't know, raising a family or fighting an illness or nursing a loved one, that kind of thing. There's a lot of extras. There must be useful advice for people like that as well. And I think that the osmosis side of it comes in there as well. I mean, if you can, even if it's, all you can do is spend 10 minutes a day to browse Reddit or to look read a, read a blog post. Um, so hopefully you've kind of heard something maybe that helps you a little bit in thinking about applying, but we were, what we're going to say, Tom, if you've been learning for six months and you're listening to this podcast and you've not applied, apply now. Yes, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you're at that stage, you're, you're at the point at which reach for the stars, go for it, push yourself, apply for things you don't think you're ready for. If you're, yeah, if you're listening to a podcast about how to get a coding job, I'm almost 100% certain that you're past that initial stage of you don't know anything. I think it's very, very likely that you know something. And so use that something and apply. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, or oh, like you said as well, what's the worst that's going to happen? They might say no. Um, hopefully you get something useful back from it. So yeah, it is very, very scary. I didn't do it <laughs> and I really should have and I regret it now. Um, so that's all I can say. But yeah, I would I would highly suggest doing it now, being on the, being on the other side. As would I, yeah, completely. Um, but of course, if you have, if you're sat there listening to this and shouting at the shouting at the speakers saying oh but what about this a really obvious thing that you've overlooked please please tell us tell us about it and we'll we'll come back we want to we want to make these discussions as interesting as we can i thought you were going to say if there are people shouting out there say we're going to say to you stop coming up with excuses just apply <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm going to say stop coming up with excuses just apply <laughs> yeah all right yeah, that's it that, that's that's our plea to the listeners this week is send us your excuses and we'll tell you how they're not useful and you should just apply Thanks for listening. Make sure you're telling your friends about the show and subscribing and rating. And don't forget, you can ask us a question anytime you like. You can find us on Twitter at AQO Code and... You can find us online at aqoc.dev. And we also, if you go to our website, have an email address. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Ta-ra.